Jazz plus jazz. Study show that our listeners like jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Chimpanzees, I was a monkey Butaning my veins So I'm about to cut the junkie With the plastic eyeballs Spray paint the vegetables Dog food stall With the beefcake pantyhose Kill the headlights And put it in neutral Start car flaming With the loser And the crew control Babies in Reno With the vitamin D Got a couple of couches Sleep on the love seat Someone keeps saying I'm insane to complain About a shotgun wedding And a stain on my shirt Don't believe everything That you breathe You got a parking violation And a maggot on your sleeve So shave your face with some mace in the dark Saving all your food stamps And burning down the trailer park Yo, cut it We are Hottest 100s and Thousands And we have taken control of your radio station This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs That have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100 My name is David James Young And I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing For the next hour or so Joining me, once again, Mr. Andrew McDonald Good evening Mr. Adam Bonger Back, back And Mr. Nathan Harris. <laughs> hello, hello It is great to be here And it is a point in this countdown Where we are starting to experience A bit of Classic Triple J. Yeah, it's great to be here. Case in point, uh, the next song that we are going to be talking about from a little, tiny little bloke with two turntables and a microphone. Beck, Beck. He goes by the name of Beck. At number 45, this is Loser. Beck, Beck. In the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. Butane in my veins and mouth to cut the chunky with the plastic eyeballs. Spray paint the vegetables, dog food skulls with the beefcake panios. Kill the headlights and put it in new. Hottest 100 with Loser. I don't want to segue into calling Adam a loser. (laughs) It's okay, I can You call him a Scientologist. Oh, that's, (laughs) yeah. Adam, you're a Scientologist. It's actually meaner. I feel like like sometimes there's a perfect setup for me to just shit talk the next person that is going to talk, and I don't want to do that. It's too easy for you, Dave. It really is. Normally Um, you try harder. I feel uh, like this episode is particularly bad for it. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Except the song that you picked. (laughs) Yeah, that is is true, actually. (laughs) Well played, DJ Y. Uh, Adam, why don't you kill me? <laughs> that was better. Yeah, there we go. I knew you'd find something. Hey, look, I want to start this whole thing off by just basically talking about how this song came into being because this song is a miracle. And it is a miracle. A Scientological miracle. An ICP yes. miracle. An L. Ron Hubbard miracle. Yeah. yeah. 
and I think Zenu has bestowed it upon us. <laughs> <laughs> so the world gets back in the most Beck way possible is basically how this story goes. Because at the time, in this stage of the early 90s, Beck basically was homeless. He used to perform the odd gig in cafes, which, you know how that goes. You're the guy that no one really came there for. And so used to make up stupid songs on the spot to try and break people out of whatever they were doing and pay attention to him. This was basically the kernel of how Loser started, and he kept doing that for quite some time. However, the song itself was recorded in a single six-hour period with the producer, Carl Stevenson. Rocked around at his house um, and basically riffed on this song for six hours, which is how it came into being. But the thing that I love most about this is that Beck, from what I can tell was really earnestly trying to make this a rap song. And he was really earnestly trying to get into the booth and do his very best Chuck D impersonation. (laughs) (laughs) This is like from what I've discovered. He actually said that I was really trying to channel Chuck D when I was doing this. In case you thought Beck was not white enough. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's also a Public Enemy fan. (laughs) So then, then he came through, they riffed together and he added the beat the sitar, the slide guitar, all that. There's a lot of credit that needs to go to Stevenson on this track because he put through a lot of ideas that Beck picked up on and ran with and whatever. But apparently the the chorus came about because Beck heard himself rapping, attempting to be Chuck D, and just went, I'm a loser. And created the chorus in reaction to hearing himself rap. That's awesome. Basically what I'm trying to say is when you... Beck. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When you listen to this song, you are listening to a white homeless person Attempt to be Chuck D. And calling himself out on that. What a miracle of a song. <laughs> uh, <well laughs> like, I think that basically says everything that I need to say about this about this track. It's- I agree. I, I'm going to wager that this is our collective introduction to Beck. This is the first song that we heard of his. Yeah, Probably, it, it, yeah. This or um, something from uh, Odelay. Or Where yeah, It's At. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. or Where, it's, where at, it's At. Oh, Where It's At, of course. Yeah, yeah. I find it interesting that it's such an anomaly in Beck's discography, yet at the same time, it's his signature moment. It's what people remember him for, and it's it was his creep for a while. He couldn't escape it. <laughs> and, you know, he did a lot of records in reaction to that. Uh, Midnight Vultures is an example of that. Sea Change, which is yep. my personal favourite Beck record. But he always comes back to this song. He always manages to keep this song fresh in his mind and have a really cool relationship with it. Yeah. And I can definitely see why, you know, there's a charm to this song where everything has just been thrown together the slide guitar the clangy beat like the weird sitar and that and then the chorus just bowls you over it shouldn't work logistically <laughs> exactly. if, if, yeah. you, if yeah. you pitch this song you're just like so we've got a sitar and a slide guitar jamming out on a day right and i'm just like busting out some sick rhymes over the top of it it's just like fuck no get out of here <laughs> yeah it's, it's... <laughs> we're, we're looking for the next gin blossoms i'll have you know <laughs> yeah. so everything that shouldn't work about this song is what works about this song. And I like the fact that also with this song, like, it wasn't Beck pushing it. Beck kind of, he made it and he was like, okay, you know, it is what it is. But the momentum of the song mm. was very much driven by the people. There are stories about music executives and record executives hearing this song and just kind of going, who is this guy? Get him to me now. Like, holding the phone up going, we found the new sound. Like, this <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It's so, so MTV friendly. Like, mm. it's a terrific tune. I have nothing but love for it. It's like an idealised version of the Beck's sound that 
combination of odd sounds here and there, like just like little weird things, having a sitar and a strong beat in there as well. Yeah. Like the awkward rapping, the chorus that has the Spanish in there. Three it's, different it's, languages in yeah. this song. It's mm. so it's also so very Beck. And like if I was not into the song, I could see me criticizing it for being so, so obviously Beck, but like it's a wonderful track. I absolutely have nothing but adoration for it and it's incredible. And like you said a lot of credit mm. needs to be given to the producer and I'm inclined to agree with that because the two independent albums he released before Mellow Gold stereopathetic soul manure and gold feeling or something don't at all sound like this one foot in the grave perhaps yeah, yeah. yeah don't at all sound like this they're far more stripped back and like you can see the producer's influence on this song incredibly yeah. Yeah. and yeah. then that in, in turn in Beck's career following this I want to kind of examine that opinion that you had Andrew that you said that maybe you would be a little bit more critical of it if it wasn't what it is I mean what's what is it that oh, stops just, you from no no I love the song I just yeah. think if I can see somebody who doesn't like this song saying why they don't like it and I can hear them say like it's so obviously you can imagine yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, it's so obviously Beck and MTV I think you're yeah, right on it's that super like, MTV. it's, it's yeah. quintessential essentially 90s mix of disaffected and defiant yeah, like exactly. I'm a loser yeah. so why don't you kill me it's yeah. just like that's that's the this. 90s Beck has said that um, if he had known it <laughs> was going to be as big as it as it was and is uh, he would have given it another once over no. which right. I that think is interesting because that would have ruined it yeah. like the, everything that works in this song is because it's messy it, it's messy and it shouldn't work as we've all said like, yeah. but it does Yeah, the world was meant to get back yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what this song proves. It, it feels it feels uncensored or raw or whatever. It's, stream it's, of it's, stream of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And one uh, music critic who I stumbled upon actually compared it for that reason to Bob Dylan. That's which there. I, think I like. There's, there's, there's a really, strong folk aesthetic. Yeah. And he actually's got a really interesting quote in regards to this song's relationship to folk, because he says that a lot of folk music is about taking a tradition and reflecting that in your own time. And so he says that using the hip hop beat. Yeah, that's in what that way. Is yeah. This, uh, yeah, so it's great. Like, yeah. and I, I never considered that. But before. this is totally it's a valid. folk song. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it just absolutely is. Yeah. it just has hip hop beats. Yeah. yeah, which makes it more folk according yeah. to Beck. <laughs> and no one's going to argue with you on that, Beck. Has anyone else here seen Beck live? Yeah, I saw him at Harvest, and he got um, the sitar player from the Black Angels to come on stage and play sitar during Lizzo, which yeah, was, was very wonderful. It was tight. It was so <laughs> yeah. tight. I saw him there, and I also saw him a few days before. Anyone that knows me uh, has been told countless times about the best week of my life, <laughs> and the Wednesday of the best week of my life was seeing Beck at the State Theatre. He was supposed to play for an hour fifteen and played for over two. It was. Fun. Fucking great. And opened with Loser. Like, he walked out with the curtain still drawn, so the mic stand was out in front of the stage, just stands there, and for about, oh, two minutes played this really, really sick slide guitar, and then... There was a beat. He looked up at the audience and then looked down again and then down, down, round and now. And then as the beat kicked in, the curtains opened to reveal the whole band and this crazy stage set up with all these lights and stuff. And it was just fucking magic. Oh, uh, I, that, I that, love this that, guy. That Scientology pays off. Hell <laughs> fuck yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Number 44, it's The Grid. With Swamp Thing. Well, alright, watch out, 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 watch
hit at number 44. The song was called Swamp Thing. Mac. You're a Swamp Thing. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, uh, no, you're a beautiful creature of the night. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody had heard this before. No. I, I had heard this. Um, it was one of a number of songs that my um, primary school gym teacher used to play on a CD. Oh, God, we, that's perfect. When, yeah, when, Classic, when, yeah. When we yeah. were doing the round of the gym. Kids are going nuts. We've yes. talked about some exercise pop before exercise in, in pop. our. Yeah. Everybody walk the dinosaur. This is some yeah. good one. Yeah, right. Walk the this dinosaur. Was, yeah. yeah. Everybody walk the dinosaur. Yeah, and related to that, it also play and which I think this is a proto version of is of course Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. yeah, yeah. But and, and again to carry on from the Beck theme, also features heavily sampled beats and a interesting use of a stringed instrument. Of course, this is the banjo, flame and banjo, flame that's, and banjo. That's, just a, that's a hot banjo. Yeah, hot banjo. That's hot. Is it? Yeah, it is. I, I feel it. like I it's. So I feel like it's every banjo. <laughs> no, this is hotter than your right. average Wait, Are you banjo. saying that every banjo was a hot banjo? No, <laughs> no, he's not. I'm not. Because banjos recently, I've been used in a rather somber way. Pinch hitter, uh, you know, <laughs> making songs on banjos about friends that die Le in accidents. Le Mumford and Sons is giving you all the feels with the banjo. Hey, 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 well, hey! Not anymore. The new album yeah. has no, no banjo. banjo. You guys. Well, you can't go back from when you have been a banjo. <laughs> man, you can't. You know, an- you you can't un banjo. And then before all of that, you had Monsieur Sufjan Stevens with Seven Swans, which is largely a banjo-driven album, or at least features the banjo very heavily in a very somber way as well. So I think okay, it's, it's rare to hear the banjo busted out in this way, at least now. Or at outside least of Cotton Eye Joe. Outside of yeah. Cotton- <laughs> outside of pop music. I think in terms yeah. of bluegrass and folk music, this, to me, sounds like every other banjo. I guess you've hit a blind spot in if, my If I listening. go to the folk festival and someone's playing a banjo, this is exactly what yeah. I will be hearing. Maybe. This is just that banjo... With a beat. Does that work for you? The banjo and beat? Because, like, I don't think you're wrong. I think that's what this song is, but that works for me. It is what it is. It's it's a novelty <laughs> song. I, like, I don't think that it's dated quite as much as it probably should have, like, in my <laughs> mind. Yeah. It sounds like it's, sh- like, it, uh, if someone said it's aged really badly, I'd be like, look, maybe it? it's actually just aged. I like, feel like you and I, Andrew, are being really, like, chill about this right now, but actually we want to get really excited yeah, I think about how much we love this song. It's pretty, really? like, yeah. what, I, what I think yes. this would be great at, I think if someone did a remix of this track and uh, pumped it out to 15 minutes long, it could close DEFCON. Dude. It's that big. Okay. <laughs> I am with Fucking you. Hell. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, like, last year we had that resurgence of Darude's Sandstorm. This is the next. This, this is Sandstorm. Thing 2016. Yeah. <laughs> I want them at Future. Yeah. Oh, no, there's no Future anymore. DEFCON. Well, uh, de- yeah. No Future. Lollapalooza. Oh, yeah. yeah. All of the festivals. Yeah. I want them. Artists in residence in Sydney. Yeah. At the Opera House. There's. Just need to get in touch with the grid's manager. I do. (laughs) It's it's close enough to be interpreted by some as like, oh, it's so bad, it's good. But I don't think it is. No, I think it's just just a good. It somehow works. It's party. Because what do you want in a party song? You want something that gets people up and out of themselves. So it needs to be a little bit silly and it needs to be full of energy. That is this song in droves. This song is party. I I ate it up. I want them to headline vivid. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> curate. I want them to curate. curate. Jesus Christ. I'm not with you guys. I don't hate it, but I'm not I with you. I feel like I'm but... taking crazy pills. You don't like it at all? No. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what Fair is- cop. 
As much as you guys like it, I think you have to acknowledge that you could hate it. I do. Is it the Holy Beats or the banjo? Both. It's so annoying. <laughs> oh, my God. It is obnoxious. How did this beat Loser? How did this beat... And Parklife. So- and Parklife. We keep coming back to this beating can- Parklife, yeah. but fucking hell. Parklife is the yardstick. Yeah. yeah. It's forever the yardstick it's, in that's this That's the point yardstick. in the countdown. Yeah. yeah. Every song after that beat Parklife. Well, now it's Loser as well. Yeah, yeah. True. Loser. True. But can you imagine how much of a jam this would have been on the actual day of the countdown? Oh, be amazing. I mean, this yeah. is oh yeah, because there's I mean in terms of the listing, you know, yeah, you're a good couple of hours in, everyone's loosened up now. This song drops. Like, also, I'm glad to see an instrumental track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, the video is fantastic. Oh it's my like god, the video 65 is, It's outrageous. Core. It's, yeah. For those who haven't seen it yet, number one, please look it up. Oh, just do it. <laughs> just go and see it because it's like. It's half of it is like a, a baby wandering around in this like post futuristic yeah, sound world. Yeah, what the shit was going on with that? And, and the, the other half, half, that baby is at uni. CGI <laughs> dancing that's just beautiful. Like, that baby is at uni now. Yeah. <laughs> and that little baby grew up to be. <laughs> that baby went on to be the CGI dancing baby. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the original dancing baby. I really want to know what that that guy does. <laughs> that guy or girl? Like, I don't know. Well, we always check in with uh, Spencer Olden, the little baby that was on the cover of Nevermind. Yeah. Oh, I bet you he's well sick of that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You'd be surprised, man. There Can you just so, jump in this pool? He's recreated that cover so yeah. many fucking times now. Right. Not showing his dong, obviously, but, you yeah. know, he still does it. We're going to hunt down that baby. I don't like, care enough to do that. I'm just, telling you right, now, this changing, is not a four-man mission. Are, imagine how amazing it would be when they play Defcon and they bring on the baby. <laughs> yeah. It's not a baby anymore. Yeah, he's like 20-something. <laughs> he's, and he's just there. like He's, he's probably playing the song because the, the grid are all fairly old at this point. Yeah, yeah. Pass the torch to the only one who can handle such a responsibility. Oh my He's got it on a USB, that's enough. Yeah. Very fucking me. Would you say if they're no longer in the grid, they're off the, the grid? grid. Oh! Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I love that song so much. Number 43, it's Christine Arnu. This is Monkey and the Turtle. Christina knew at number 43 in the 1994 Hottest 100 with the song Monkey and the Turtle. Christina knew making her solo debut after mm. a track with Paul Kelly that came in the uh, mm. 1993 Hottest last 100. Last Train. Yes, Last Train was the name of the song, which was a reworked version of a Paul Kelly song, which was met with a wave of indifference. Uh, <laughs> By and, us? Yeah. Had a pretty hot harmonica, if I recall. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we stand? I think it's potentially important to flag her debut album, Style In It, still doesn't come out for another year after this. Whoa, oh. whoa, for real? Yeah, yeah. Then this what, song, what is Party this, On? This song is on it, but that doesn't come out for another year. I feel like that's kind of important because with this song, at least in the context of knowing who Christine Arnoux is later, yeah. I don't really get much Christine Arnoux from this. No, no, no definitely no, not. not, not and and so I think faceless. that's kind of Her a crit- Criticism we had of last train as well yeah. last yeah. season we talked there wasn't enough Christine Arnoux in it there are moments where 
brief moments where she sings and I'm like, this yeah. is beautiful. You have yeah. such a gorgeous voice, but everything else is not much. So Party was on the same album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. This is a very long lead for Holy this shit. album. Holy shit, so Monkey of the Turtle, Island Home and Party are all on the, all same, the same record. record yeah, yeah. which don't come classic. out for another year. So like at this point, who is Christine Arnu? In the chorus, I feel like she's getting washed out a bit too much by the gang vocals. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the verses just lack any energy. The beat is very groovy. The yeah. song is cool, but where is Christine Arnu? It is very reminiscent, though, I think, of Sisters Underground in the neighborhood. There is a little bit okay. of that too, yeah. Okay, Just yeah. Thanks about that. Beat that, wise, that I can see where you're coming Beat wise, from. the yeah. sort of lower energy rapping in yeah. the verses and the aha yeah, almost yeah. sounds like the singing in, in the neighborhood. Okay. Um, well picked up. But yeah, up. This, this song is fine. It has a very lovely, yeah. pleasant vibe. I think it's pretty yeah. aimless, I think. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it doesn't take you anywhere. No. You know, like when you do something and then your mum says, that's nice. <laughs> this is nice. And she doesn't say it because she doesn't care. She's just a busy mum who's got shit to do. That's kind of like my reaction to this song. I feel like with the, Christina I'm, New I'm actually a, is a busy mom now, so you know. <laughs> when I'm listening to this song, the slave I'm a, has become the master. <laughs> <laughs> when I listen to this song, I'm a busy mom with shit to do, and, yeah, the, and the best I can muster is that's nice. That's nice. I think a bit more Christine and yeah. a little sharper production value, yeah. and this could have been a really cool groovy song. If you hate it, you're a jerk. Yeah, yeah. There, there's not enough to hate. <laughs> yeah, I think. and it's so good natured. Everything about it wishes you well. Yeah, it's very alluring. Like, yeah, it, and it's it, fun, it's, especially it, yeah. watching the video. Like it's so it's fun and pleasant, and everyone's. I think with the video you get a little bit more Anu than you would with just the track. And just through that vibe, which the video is is spending so much of his time highlighting. It does. You get a bit of that. But then even the little bit of Christine Anu that we get from this isn't the Christine Anu that I know. Yeah. This would be very different if this was the first time you heard her. Like, we've obviously all heard bigger singles from her that are yet to come. Yeah, that's right. But this just feels very weird, and I don't know who she is in this song. You made me realise, just listening to your very fair comments on not getting Christina News identity through the song, how much I was really taking cues off the video. Because I was very yeah, thinking... Yeah, Because I was actually thinking when I was listening to this song, like, the song's a bit nothing, but the most attractive thing about it is Christina Arnoux. But I was taking most of my cues visually from that, because she's incredibly charismatic and likeable. Yeah, she's like 23? 24 when this came out? Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah, I don't know, I, if, this is, I don't know if this is the label like testing the waters and saying, like, you Maybe. know, we did this song with Paul Kelly, let's try this kind of song. We have My Island Home in the works. Yeah. It's worth mentioning Glass Train was the first song she ever recorded. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Which yeah, is right. crazy. That was her transition from being a dancer. Yeah, basically. It's interesting to, to note how different all the songs are on that first Christina New record. Again, probably because they had no idea what the fuck to do with her. Mm. And they were just trying out different things to see what stuck. This is... Like you said, it's it's nice. That's nice, nice, dear. It's fine. I'll tell you what, they would have had a it would have been a fucking killer co-headliner with her and Penny Flanagan, I reckon. <laughs> it's, I, I think this yeah. would have been really cool live. Sponsored I by think, Double J. I think live this might have really worked. You reckon? That's um, a good maybe. point. Like, because it would have been Maybe I was expecting more. Would, yeah. Maybe I was expecting more. Maybe something literally involving a monkey and a turtle. That would have been <laughs> heaps of fun. You you want to turn the story? Would have been great. Or Christine Arnu. Yeah, like, I mean there there are hints of that. Well, yeah. it is based on a yeah. story. Yeah, the monkey, yeah. The monkey and the turtle is a... I didn't actually track down what uh, nationality it was from from the transcript that I read of the story. Mm. Basically, the story is monkey's a jerk. Turtle's a cool guy. And he should have gotten that, involved that, with monkey at all. Sounds about right. He went into biz. He went it into business with him. him. It was a bad business decision oh. to go into business with the monkey because the monkey was just like... He was just the biggest jerk. They wanted to plant a banana tree and then the monkey's like, cool, yeah, well I'll take half the banana tree. I'll take the top half. So I got that half that produces fruit. And he planted it but he didn't tend to it so the bananas 
died oh. and the turtle's like well I was really good because I'm a turtle and I got bananas now and then the monkey stole the bananas and then he ended up throwing the turtle into like it's a, a really a terrible river. Aesop's fable like yeah. Yeah. I'm not just, sure what the message one day Aesop's yeah. just get pissed drunk he's yeah. just yeah. like alright <laughs> fuck it but fuck like, it are you writing I'm just I'm just gonna off the top of my dome yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like the children's story in black books <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. potentially a bit stronger on the narrative might have carried the song better. I agree. As well. yeah, like, yeah. yeah. The song, it feels like the song is just about hanging out. Yeah. I, again, the video has coloured my impression of yeah. the song yeah. a lot. So yeah. much yeah. hanging out in that video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's just hanging but, out. Uh, like, when you go through the YouTube links on these videos, you're just like, this is going to be another video of people hanging out. Yeah. Only 94, <laughs> man. Beats doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, true. Stuff It's sucks. a baby in CGI robot dancers. <laughs> yeah. The baby was hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> When you say it's just about hanging out, it, I couldn't really even get that from the song. It, just, it doesn't sound like it's anything. The beat just dominates it a bit too much. There's nothing really there. It's not terrible, but it is. Like, <laughs> not, not, not it is terrible. It just is. It's just yeah. bees. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 Were, she was finding a fair as an artist. And I think fine. so. Yeah. Or potentially, as we said, people were trying to figure out what she could Who be. Who knows? Yeah. 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 The Yawas are a bit on the nose as well. I don't go in for the Yawa. <laughs> the Yawa, yeah. yeah the Yawa. Know, they're almost there for me. Like the Yawas? No. Yeah. I don't really like the Yawas. Has anyone uh, kept up with Christina New of late? No. What's no. She, what's she up to? Not much. Um, she put out a Christmas album last year called oh. An Anu Family Christmas. That's not much at all. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there was one interesting bit that I'm not sure any of you guys would have come across. There was an ABC series called Outland. It's about a group of gay science fiction fans. And on it, Christine Anu plays Ray, who is an Aboriginal lesbian in a wheelchair. Huh. Which is the most specific mm. character I think I've ever come across. That's such a niche market. <laughs> oh, good honor. Good honor. Yeah. 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 The show was fine. It had uh, to Adam, Adam Richard, who's quite to funny. Actor. Yeah. Triple yeah. threat. Yeah, triple threat. <laughs> Christina Nu's cool. I asked her once on Twitter if she could join my party, and she wrote back that I was a cheeky little fella and wrote three X's at the end of it. Hey. So that was fun. Triple threat. Yeah. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Get the fuck out of my way! The boys are back in town! This is the Pet Shop Boys featuring Joanna Lumley and Jennifer Saunders. It's absolutely this shit at number 42 that was the Pet Shop Boys featuring Joanna Lumley and Jennifer Saunders with Absolutely Fabulous would there be people listening that don't know what Absolutely Fabulous is slash was it's a TV show yeah. <laughs> yeah a very funny dearly beloved British comedy from the 90s a TV uh, show uh, 
for whatever reason, the Pet Shop Boys made a song in conjunction with them. Comic Relief, for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, the, the board meeting where they were just like, we've got to put the Pet Shop Boys and Absolutely Fabulous together. How can we do it? I just assumed that they were friends, that they had met at some that point. That wouldn't surprise me. And I, I think they would probably all get along. Oh, I love it. And just all the random chopped up bits of dialogue from the show. It, are they are they all from the show? Some of them were recorded. Yeah, cool. um, I, I thought so. I, I, I didn't but figure yeah, that some of it was they like, talked about record yeah, players that much in yeah. the show. Obviously, television show singles, like, they're a bit kitschy. They're a bit dumb, you know, like Wombly Christmas or whatever else have you. <laughs> <laughs> Wombly cr- What? Do you Wombly know what the Wombles are? I don't know. I, they yeah. come from Wimbledon. That's, a, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> that I'm is, out. That I'm is out. the thing that they do. It's a very British thing. I Oh, I can yes. understand if you don't know anything called the, <laughs> the Wombles. The yeah. Wombles. The fucking Wombles. <laughs> no other race of people would invent that word. They're not people. They're so Wombles. They're I think wombles. we can't we can't talk about this without also talking about is it a banger? Uh, by oh, Wardmore okay. and yes. Tom Haverford, which is uh-huh. also another TV yes. show tie-in that came in at number seventy in the most recent Hottest One Hundred. That's correct. Yeah, good, yes, good link. Because I started listening to this and I was like, ah, oh, I like, I have a bit of a gut reaction to like this kind of novelty kitsch TV tie-in song or whatever. And I was like, but also this happened. Which, well, you know, what I didn't do you love, think? But you don't like, you don't like. Uh, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's a novelty. Like whatever. I think the interesting thing is that in this song there are bespoke samples. Yes. Like yeah, the yeah. AdFab Girls have lines that they've contributed to the song which initially I was like I think that's worse but mm. then I found out it's for comic relief and I was like this makes sense I think this show yeah. uh, well, this song as a whole just yeah. makes sense yeah. originally they, it, it wasn't even credited to the Pet Shop Boys yeah, it was yeah. just a single called Absolutely Fabulous they released yeah. it under Absolute, the name Absolutely, Absolutely Fabulous, Fabulous. Nobody but the Pet Shop Boys could pull this off, obviously. Yeah. That's true as anything. Yeah. And for a novelty song for, like, Comic Relief, it, is, it does exactly what it, it's meant to do. People are meant to buy it. They probably composed it pretty quickly. Not to its detriment. It just seems like no, an no. easier song to have written. Like, yeah. you can definitely tell. It's just like, oh, well, we've got the synth arpeggio. Just done. run that exactly. for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Sweet. Done deal. People Seven would have bought minutes. it, and it probably raised some money. For Comic Relief So it, it, yeah. I'm sure it achieved its yeah. goal And listen to It's pretty good fun I can see them playing it live even It's like a jam It's kind of silly The Just, vocal harmony yeah. it, The chorus is awesome obviously. Yeah The chorus, like, is, chorus great. is great It's a great oh, it's hook so good. I don't really yeah. like the rest of it But, but the chorus well, is great That's the thing Like to me It is just the chorus And the sampling I mean Having not watched Absolutely Fabulous of course Or, be, or, or <laughs> what even mean, knowing what course? it is I was He means re- of course I was real I was real young When it was in its height So it just kind of Completely passed me by And I have not felt the... Drive. The (laughs) urge. I haven't felt anything to go back and look it up. You are only doing yourself a disservice, darling. Well, I feel like that train has sailed. (laughs) (laughs) Wait! I I don't like that... In the samples, you can hear bits of the laugh track that then get cut. Like, yeah, it feels really clumsy. I know it's kind of inescapable when you're trying to take joke lines from a show that has a laugh track. But yeah. Every time that happens, I cringe a little bit. And I don't think the samples are well used. I don't think they're well timed. I, I don't think... Well, it's arbitrary is the thing. They're just there. If you are sampling... Make it as far away from arbitrary as you possibly can. No, but that's can, the thing. I don't know? even like, think... Time it so it musically makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, not meant, that at yeah, all. It's, it's not meant to. to. It's just clipped from the show. 
yeah. and it happens to be playing over a song. I guess I don't dig that. No. I guess use it musically if yeah. you're going to use it. But I don't think this song was ever meant to, to be stand up yeah. to any level of criticism, really. Like, it's a fun comedy song for a charity. Like, yeah. sure. And it's fan service for the it's, absolutely fabulous yeah, fans. Yeah, exactly. The and, fact that it happens and, and to the have been fans. And like, the Pet Shop Boys fans. Like, it, it does yeah. exactly what it's meant to do, and that's cool. And, like, is, yeah, yeah, we can kind of dig into it and pull it apart a bit, but I don't think it was ever the, meant yeah. to. Yeah. The fact that it's here. This is a podcast where we criticize songs, so I guess I was just. Well, I was just doing means. But I just, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I the, think... f- the fact that it made it into the House 100 is, I, I'm sure that would have been quite a surprise to everybody involved in the song, I imagine. Yeah, I bet like, I bet it was. Yeah, but I, they, they probably never intended it for real charting airplay kind of thing. That being said, it's not surprising to hear it in here. It makes a degree of sense to me yeah. that it would yeah. would make it. It's terrible. It's fun. Like, the synth line is actually really well put together. I think the, mu- the musically, it could work as an instrumental. Yeah. And so, you know. With the chorus. With the, oh, yeah. Has to be. Not entirely yeah. instrumental, to be honest. No. <laughs> it, needs no. The, it needs the chorus. <laughs> I want to put this to uh, the straight people in the room. Last year, we spoke about Go West amazing by the Pet song. Shop Boys. Best song. Uh, amazing song. song, yes. Don't care. At that point, I deemed it the gayest song in the history of the Hottest 100. Does this out-gay Go West? It does not. <laughs> uh, Go West having the um, origins in disco and the origins in the village people yes. bumps it up. I don't know yeah. That's true. This is very gay. But it's not nearly as gay as the beauty that is Go West. It needed some more man choir, I reckon. Probably. (laughs) Fuck, I love Go West. Fucking yeah. Who doesn't? (laughs) At number 41, this is Kristen Hirsch featuring Michael Stipe. This is Your Ghost. If I walk down this hallway tonight, it's too quiet, so I head through the dark. Your old numbers And let your house ring Till I wake your ghost Let him walk down your hallway It's not this quiet Slide down your receiver Sprint across the wire Follow my number Slide into my hand It's the blaze across my nightgown It's the phone's ring I think last night that was Kristen Hirsch at number 41 in the 1994 Hottest 100. The song was called Your Ghost. This marks the return of Michael Stipe as a featured artist. He's oh, everywhere. Yeah, he is everywhere. He's all up in your system. And I can only imagine that you're going to be slightly nicer about this than you were about his last appearance with Miss Nina Cherry uh, last oh, time oh, around. Oh. <laughs> he just remembered. Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You forgot about sex in school, mate. Yeah. (laughs) Adam, you talk a lot about the discovery in this podcast. I do. And I am really, really grateful about this particular discovery. I had no idea who this lady was. I had never listened to her band, Throwing Muses. But I fell in love. Head over mm. heels deeply. Yeah. Three chords and the truth. That's what this song is. Mm. I think I might have been predisposed to loving this song on account of Michael Stipe. 
But, you know, that kind of goes without saying. It's a legally binding contract that I have <laughs> with that motherfucker. But seriously, he sounds amazing on this track. The two of them. Don't, like yeah. They work so well together. Their voices are incredible. And I, it sounds so unusual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Stipe has always known his way around really interesting harmonies, particularly singing with Mike Mills in R.E.M., uh, who's the bass player. The two of them play off each other's vocals really well and they don't do particularly conventional like I'll go to the third kind of harmonies and uh, I think that's really reflective in this song I found it really really simple but so beautiful the chorus is the absolute business yeah like yeah. it, it, drive, took, the, it completely me. took yeah. me away yeah. yeah I must have listened to this song a dozen times over as soon as it finished I was just like I want to listen to this again then I listened to the album the album's fucking amazing Bit of trivia before I throw it out to you guys. We talked about What's the Frequency Kenneth previously Mm -hmm. by R.E.M. And I noted at that point that that was the first music video that R.E.M. did when Michael Stipe was bald. He has hair in this clip. I noted that as well. This is the last music video that Michael Stipe ever did where he had hair. Yeah. It's the circle so of life. <laughs> I'm now holding up Michael Stipe to the sun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or his hair. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or hair. lack thereof. Yeah. What did you kids make of this one? Similar levels of love or indifference? Absolute love. No, it's beautiful. I really, really get into Oh, no. It is. <laughs> oh, oh, no. You, you can change I, your mind I, still. I don't really like folk music. If it's going to be just acoustic guitar and vocals, I want the lyrics to be really really something and this song doesn't really do with me outside of the chorus the chorus is beautiful but the verses I really just was pretty unimpressed you couldn't okay. yeah. for me they could be singing about pop tarts like they could be singing the most banal nothing lyrics and just the sound of their voices sonically and the way that's what I mean in the chorus when they are together it's beautiful or even her by herself it creates such a mood like it's a haunting of a song it visits you and just kind of sits with you and brings with it a certain ambience and it's very much the ambience of being alone at 2am with a single candle or being alone in an afternoon and watching rain on a windowsill. You know what I mean? Like the fact that I'm talking in this way and these kind of images and ideas are coming so easily to me indicates that there's something being communicated very strongly in terms of what the song is, at least to me. I can't talk enough about how beautiful the melodies are and the harmonies are and both their voices individually and together especially are. But even the way it just repeats and keeps going and has a slow build, it's a mantra in a way. There definitely needs to be tracks like this in the world where, because I know that sometimes, you know, like I'm, I'm just by myself and I'm tired and I don't want to work at music. I want music to just do something for me. And at those moments, this is exactly the kind of song that I would go to. And I fa- in fact, it may even be this exact song that I do go to. Hmm. It's just gentle and beautiful and not complicated in any way. It's very hooky, very catchy, but it communicates something true and honest and very beautiful. So I love it. Oh, I'm that's gl- great. I'm glad you're able to get that out of it. I, yeah, um, like yeah. I, Holy. Yeah. It did none of the things that you said. Like, to you? Yeah. I, 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 thought I can chorus, also understand that. I thought, I thought the chorus was very beautiful. Their yeah. vocals work fantastically together. And even the line, I think the driving circles around me is actually quite charming. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But when, when it was done... start going over the top of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were in my dreams. You were in my dream is obviously yeah. like the kingmaker of the song. Yeah, of course. When it was done, I struggled to recall anything about it. 
for a large point, I can ignore lyrics if melody is there. Mm. Um, and that's something that I've noticed about my own personal listening habits, which I think maybe is why the song works more for me than perhaps it does for you. Because mm. I feel like you right. have, from what I know about you, Andrew, you have more of an ear for maybe lyrics than I do. Possibly. Pop artists that I love are certainly ones on the wordier side of things. Like sure. your Cohen's and your Caves and your Waitses. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan, you're like more with me on this Yeah, one. yeah. This is beautiful. Yeah. It, it took me until the first chorus, but then that chorus brought the first verse back up with it. Yeah, it does. Like the first verse, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then the chorus and it was like, oh, I understand this song now. Rewards repeat listening in your Yeah, experience? yeah, I think so. I think so too. Um, it so beautifully and honestly captures a feeling. Like, and I'm continually, this year, a sucker for Stipe's voice. I've realised. I just really he's enjoy a, it. He's a terrific singer. Yeah, mm. but I only kind of realised it kind of recently, but I get into he's it. He's my I hero. Know. Like We've discussed how many times I've, I've gushed about Michael Stipe. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 so I'm not going to do it today. It, it does get a bit old, but uh, yeah, you guys know. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. I'd like to thank you for listening, and I'd like to thank FBI Radio for having us once again. Before we get out of here, we are going to nominate our favourites and our least favourites, and we're starting with Andrew. Well, favourite is an easy choice. It's Loser. There's no question about that in my mind. Yep. Least favourite, um, it's tricky. Um, Monkey and the Turtle, I think. Not that it's bad, it's just pretty unremarkable. There's no terrible song out of these. Yeah, Even absolutely. though I was not as enthused over your ghost as everybody else was. But it's not a bad song. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to mirror that, which is probably irresponsible of me because I am currently leading a campaign to get... The grid as the Lord Mayor of Sydney. Searing <laughs> 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 me. I'm gonna pick uh, loser for favorite, but I'm gonna go with the grid for my least favorite. It's my fifth favorite. I don't like. I didn't hate it. Like, when they are the like, kings, this, this is this has been a pretty good five. Oh, you've know. made a powerful enemy. Well, <laughs> that death. baby's gonna come for you death in the by night. Banjo. <laughs> death by banjo. Hot oh my lord! The fact that you send that's in a punishment rednecks says it all, Adam. Well, there can be too much banjo, but this song. I don't know. How, the, <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Loser's the best. Monkey and the Turtle, the worst. So. Fifth best. Fifth best. That's cute. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. It's been a pleasure. On behalf of Mr. Adam Buncher. Beck. <laughs> Beck. And back to you too, sir. And on behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Thank you. My name is David James Young. Keep music evil. Goodbye. <laughs>